Thank you very much, Mark. Uh, I just want to say thanks to my dear friend, Mark Tatlock. He is God's man uh, to lead TMAI. Um, it's a pretty amazing uh, thing for me to be here today for a lot of reasons. My dad planted this church 70 years ago, and uh, this is where I first began to preach. And after a few sermons, my dad threw me out. <laughs> said, go get your own. <laughs> um, wonderful to be back and, and be a part of this faithful church. Uh, it's also an amazing thing at, at this point in my life. Uh, you know, I'm, this is the view from the hearse. Um, <laughs> It, it's also interesting to, to see this gathering of guys because I think time goes so fast. I, I think about when I came out of seminary and I had two goals in my mind, two, two goals that my, I'm, I'm assuming the Lord put them on my heart, but they're pretty obvious from uh, following the ministry of the Apostle Paul, who very early became kind of my model. And those two goals were to preach the Word of God and raise up men. Uh, part of the reason that I was so committed to raising up men is I had watched my father's ministry my whole life, and I'd seen his ministry um, limited and even short-circuited by a lack of faithful, gifted men being developed. And I, I saw the challenges of trying to do it yourself. I I mean, I didn't even know a pastor who did that. I didn't, I didn't know anything about training men, pouring your life into men, discipling men. Never saw that. It became apparent to me very early that ministry is multiplied through faithful men. 2 Timothy 2, 2, the things you've heard from me among many witnesses, the same commit to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. That's from Paul to Timothy to faithful men to others also. That's how it works. And I saw that the downside of, of not having that and the challenges that my dad faced, who was faithful through, throughout his entire life, still teaching the Scripture in his 90th year, but always seemed to be on his own. And I didn't want to do that, so I, I wanted to see if God would allow me to raise up men. So from the first time I came to Grace Church, they asked me, what do you want to do? I said, I want to preach the Word of God to the congregation. I want to train men. So I started a Saturday morning Bible study at Grace Church the first uh, week or so that I arrived there, and uh, I, I threw it open to any of the men in the church who wanted to come because I didn't really know who would develop into a leader, and uh, I had gotten to know a few young guys, and I specifically invited them to come, 35 or 40 men, and that went on for nine years. And out of that came the first generation of Grace Church staff, the first generation of pastors that were sent out, the first generation of missionaries that went to the world all came out of investing in those men. And then uh, a little while later, we were asked at Grace Church because we had 90 or nearly 90 guys commuting to Talbot Seminary if we would be willing to start an extension at Grace Church because this, this development of men had reached such an epic level um, that it was, it was not efficient for them to be going down there all the time. And so we started an extension. And after a few years uh, I felt, you know, we're ready to start our own seminary. So we opened the Master Seminary, and there were nearly 100 students the day we opened the door. 
because they were just waiting for that opportunity. And as the years went by, we continued to train men and train more men, and now there's 1,500 graduates, and they've been spread all over the world, and now there are 4,000 who have graduated from the programs that you all have around the world. And as Mark said, this is just the beginning. I'm, I'm convinced this is, the, this is the greatest missionary story of our time. It's not known, but this is how the This is how the kingdom advances. It advances one soul at a time under the power of the word of God preached faithfully. This is how the kingdom advances. It advances with the truth. We are begotten again by the word of truth. Sanctify them by thy truth. Thy word is truth. We are saved by the truth, sanctified by the truth, edified by the truth. You have to have men to preach the truth because the kingdom advances through preaching, doesn't it? The preaching of the cross, expositional preaching. There is no such thing as an expository preacher with a weak view of the Bible. That is not possible. If you don't have confidence in every word of Scripture, you can't be an expositor. If you do have confidence in every word of Scripture, you must be an expositor. You don't have a choice. And that's why we picked that little logo you'll see popping up maybe this week at Shepherd's Conference, every word inspired, every word preached. We can't edit God, right? I've, I've talked to guys through the years who came out of seminaries. You know, we're pretty close to Fuller Seminary. The conversation with one guy that I think about who graduated two years later, he said, I have to get out of the ministry after two years. I said, why? He said, because I, I don't know what I believe. I don't know what I believe even about Scripture. But if you believe that, that the Word of God is just that, the Word of God, inspired and without error, then you have a mandate to proclaim it, right? And you do it with passion, you do it with conviction, and you know what? You draw others who have that same conviction. So this thing, this thing generates its own future. I've, I've watched that. Who comes to Grace Church? What kind of young men come there? What kind of young men come to the Master Seminary? What kind of men are, are drawn to your training centers around the world? The kind of men who want to do what you train men to do. The Word has its own attract, attracting power. So I just, I believe this is God's way to build His church. That's why Paul says to Timothy, preach the word, right? All the time. In season, out of season. I don't know what specifically it means, but we are either in it or out of it. So that means all the time we preach the word. Uh, this, isn't, um, this isn't some kind of uh, marketing strategy. This isn't some kind of nuanced cultural adaptation. This is just the straightforward, effective, powerful preaching of God's word. And that's how the Lord advances His kingdom and His glory in the building of His church. Um, Inerrancy, critical. If we have errors in the Bible, that sucks the very life out of the preacher. If I don't know whether this is true or not, I can't preach it with conviction. I want to tell you guys, this book on the implications of inerrancy, I, I was handed one yesterday. I read it yesterday. I couldn't put it down. 
It's one of the best things I've ever read. And what it does, it takes TMI and it just pulls TMI up and out of the world of missions to another level. It's a stunning book. You guys that wrote this, you did an exceptionally good job. You, you honored the Lord. You honored your seminary and your school where you were trained. This is erudite, it's thoughtful, insightful, biblical. You, you all need to read this. Every chapter is worth reading. I thought, you know, I'm going to read a couple chapters, and before I knew it, I'd read it all. And I, I just, I'm, I'm amazed. There is nothing like this in the world of missions in the world. A force like this committed absolutely and totally to the inerrancy of Scripture and the exposition of that inerrant Scripture. There, there is no other mission enterprise like that. In fact, reading through this, whether I'm reading about Latin America or Europe or, or Eastern Europe or, or Asia or, or Africa or whatever I'm reading, what struck me about all this is the distinctiveness of our ministry around the world is not its difference from the world, but its difference from the rest of the church. You, you're, you're writing about the battle with organized, quote-unquote, evangelical Christianity that is full of compromise and with weak views of Scripture and insipid preaching, sometimes syncretism. If, um, if you know anybody who might be interested in investing in TMAI, tell them to read this book, and they will see in this book this distinctive ministry better than, and more clearly than you could ever see it. I mean, I'm glad for little videos like that. This is literally um, an inescapable argument for the quality of what is going on in your ministries. Just... A stunning experience for me. As I said, I couldn't put it down until I'd read the whole thing. Thank you, every one of you who wrote. Thanks to Brian Tamizian and whoever else edited this. Um, it is a stunning thing. It, it ought to be in every pastor's hand and every missionary's hand. Now, by the way, look, I understand we, we need more money, and I'm, I, I'm committed to doing that. I tell our missionaries that when they come to their conference whenever I have the opportunity. So we're, we're trying to think of a way to do that, uh, to, to get the flow of money we need. I, I, I know you need money because you tell me you need money whenever I see you. Um, I, I get it. But we're trying to figure out how to get that funneled to you. I talk to Mark about that from time to time as well. So um, <clears throat> we are going to introduce at the Shepherds Conference uh, a new curriculum, a children's curriculum called Generations of Grace. It's been floating around out there for a few years. Uh, it has the potential, it has potential that is really stunning potential um, to provide money for TMAI. All the income from Generations of Grace is going into the ministry of TMAI. Uh, that, that's my vision. That's what I presented to our elders. They bought into that. This is a nine-year curriculum that is the finest children's curriculum that I have ever seen by far. There's nothing like it. And we can get churches all over the United States, thousands and thousands of churches, to import this curriculum. It's a, it's a cycle, three-year cycle, deepening each time in the truth 
of the Word of God that starts at the age of three and ends at the age of 12. It's got everything. It's got graphics. It's got crafts. It's got handwork. It's got all kinds of elements. And most importantly, it's got the teaching of the Word of God. Um, There are devotionals for the family that go with it. It's a full curriculum from the age of three to 12. Churches that develop that curriculum, that sign up for that, and we're going to have a, a, a big promotion of that at the conference, will purchase that, and all the proceeds from that will go to TMAI and to carry on the work of missions around the world. Um, This is the commitment of the elders of Grace Church. So when you're milling around this week at the Shepherds Conference and you run into pastors, um, thank them for, for putting Grace, generations of Grace into their church and and helping TMA, even if they haven't done it yet. Thank them anyway. Make them feel guilty if they haven't signed up, okay? <laughs> we we want to get you. The, I mean, I know you need the resource. I know you have the passion. You have the vision. You have the heart for it. We want to make sure we get you the, the support. So pray for that too. It, it also is very important that we continue uh, to maintain the Master's Seminary as a strong foundational institution. So we have literally, over the last year, reinvented the seminary, really critically. Uh, we, we've just basically reinvented everything we, we possibly can. And um, that, that has a lot of, a, a lot of implications. We, we have to be the flagship seminary. We, we, um, part of the reason for holding this conference on inerrancy is to identify the master seminary at the most foundational point of all, and that is the, the view of Scripture. We want to be known around the world as the place that is most faithful to the Word of God, because we want to draw the men for whom that is a passion and train those men so that we can continue to send out men like you to train other men to multiply this thing beyond what it is now. I think you said there are 30-some countries, locations asking us to do um, what we've been doing for them, and we want to see that come to fruition. So pray for the Master's Seminary. Um, Just to tell you how things are going, we have currently about seven times the number of students who are enrolling for the fall that we had last year. Uh, We're we're aggressive. Uh, We have... um, Many, many more signing up for the D-Min, the Doctor of Ministry program, and that's primarily for guys that didn't go to the Master Seminary but need our level of training and get it in a modular way. We're expanding uh, the, the opportunity for men to take courses online, a certain number of courses online, so we can get them in the pipeline. Um, we're now offering a PhD without residency. In other words, you can get a PhD at the Master Seminary and stay in Russia if you're already there. Otherwise, you can stay in Africa. <laughs> we want to make it as accessible as possible. So we're, we're doing so many things like that. And when you go to the Master's uh, Seminary building, you'll see it's been, if you've been there, it's been redesigned in the entry area. Go in and watch the video because it features you and it features what you're doing. There is a, a new uh, video wall with 12, uh, 12 feet by 6 feet, this huge wall. And we're working on a, on a project there Well, you can walk up to an iPad and you can hit TMAI and on that massive wall 
will come up every installation of TMAI in the world, and you can hit that, that location on the iPad, and it'll unfold that whole ministry for you to see. Uh, we're in the process of developing all of that now. It's just in its beginning stages. Obviously, we had to get it ready for Shepherd's Conference. There's more work to do. But we, wanna, we want the Master Seminary to be the central point, not only for the Word of God, but the central point motivating our students and all the people that come there with this vision of what's going on through TMAI around the world. Look, we don't evaluate the seminary by input. It's not how many books in the library. It's not how many people sitting in the class we evaluate the Master Seminary by the outcome, not the input, the outcome. What happens outside? What happens in the world because of this training? That's everything to us, and uh, that, that's what you represent. We, um, we've even been planting churches around America, Grace Advance. Uh, the Lord has allowed us, our guys, our graduates, to plant dozens of churches in the last three years. And we're thankful for that, place men in churches in this country and other countries. So the vision is, is beyond what we ever could have imagined in the beginning, and, and it's just amazing to see what God has done, and you are, you are the reality of that amazement for all of us. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your diligence and your ministry. Just know this, uh, uh, James White just asked me how I'm feeling. I, I know I should be slowing down at this age, at least that's what they tell me, but I can't find the pause button, and I'm really not interested anyway, because uh, this is too exhilarating for me to slow down. I'm in that window where I finally know what I need to know, and I don't have Alzheimer's yet, so I'm in that, you know, I'm, I'm sort of in that little slot, and I'm trying to make the most out of the opportunity that the Lord has given me. Um, if I'm dying, I have no symptoms, um, so I'm good to go. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, I want to do everything I can to strengthen all of you and your ministry. And I was, I was talking to Kevin Edwards on the way down here today and saying, we need to elevate the profile of missions at the seminary. We need to have uh, an office of missions there, a missionary in residence, somebody that students get to know. Brad Claussen's been a great help in developing our mission presence at the seminary since he's come back to teach. We need to fuel with everything we've got, the ministry of TMAI, and that is our commitment. We're grateful for that. So this is, this is a, a thrilling and, and wonderful day for me to, to be able to see you here and uh, look into the future and see what God has yet to do. It was a year ago, September, Miguel, that I was invited by Miguel Nunez uh, to come to the Dominican Republic for uh, some meetings. Miguel, uh, a medical doctor, his wife, a medical doctor, they were in New York. You were working in infectious diseases, I think, if I remember, in New York. Uh, a burden, the Lord saved them. Uh, they had a burden for the Dominican Republic uh, um, and, and eventually left medical practice and packed up everything and went back to Santo Domingo and planted a church. And God has blessed that church, and now there's radio ministry, television ministry, and he's... Um, He's sort of the evangelical leader in Latin America. He had a, has a conference uh, that I was at uh, in that uh, time, September, a year ago. I think there were 9,000 people there. It was really an incredible event. And then people, I think, were watching live streaming that all over the Latin world. And it was just a week long of preaching the Word of God to these precious people. Great, great ministry that the Lord has given to Miguel. Um, he is a man upon 
whom God has placed his hand. And you need to hear from him, and that's what you're going to do. Miguel, welcome. Welcome.